everyone, welcome back to our Financing Simplified podcast. Uh, today I have the uh, privilege to talk to uh, Mario Armani, real estate agent, very big social media presence, and I've been a big follower of your content. I love what you have to say. I love your brutal honesty. And, you know, honestly, wanted to bring you on the show. Mario, tell us a little bit about yourself. Been a real estate agent now, 19 and a half years, um, opened up my brokerage. Um, it's going to be five years, January 24th of next year. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Just brutally honest, try to tell people the information that they need to hear versus what they want to hear. And just try to let people know right from wrong. That's it. Keeping it on that topic between right and wrong, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of conversations about the duty and the role. I don't even know if I should use the word fiduciary duty that realtors have. Yes. And, you know, with what's coming out in the news recently with the, you know, lawsuits or the pending lawsuits with uh, realtors that, you know, obviously the competition. Enlighten us. Tell us from your perspective what it means for you, what it means for the industry. I absolutely love that you touched about uh, touched upon this topic because nobody understands it. Even the articles that were written about it, it's they're very difficult to understand. So the lawsuit basically, there's a lot of unfair practices that uh, a specific individual felt is happening in the real estate industry. One of which, um, the whole situation with bid, with bidding wars, but mainly his argument was that whenever there's a listing. So how it works is that the seller decides how much commission they pay in total. So as an example, if they're selling their house, if they wanted to, and the listing agent was agreeing to the commission, he would he could agree to virtually a dollar if he wanted to. Obviously nobody would do that, but basically what happens is the seller advises how much commission they're going to pay to the cooperating broker, to the brokerage of the buyer. So where the problem exists is that there is no set rules. So the industry standard is 5%, but there's nowhere in writing that says that every listing that comes out, the commission needs to be 5%. So what this gentleman is arguing basically is that the fact that the listing brokerage is advertising the commission that is getting paid, let's say, for example, if the commission wasn't 2.5%, there is a possibility that they could or like the buying realtor could sway that person from that property to another property. So it's an unfair practice. Understood. So basically it's, we've seen this happen all the time. We look at these purchase agreements, it's listed right there. You know, they're offering up two, two and a half, two and a quarter, which obviously is an enticement for the person bringing the buyer to the table, right? Yes. And I guess this is where the conversation sort of begins is yes. If that wasn't publicized, then it would be a more fair practice because nobody knows what they're getting paid. In, in a essence, way, in essence, in essence, in essence. But in essence, what is that? How does that impact the person? Like, what if there's nothing on the table? Like, is there like is there something in there that you know maybe the common folk, the person that's there listening, doesn't get? Like, I can talk about this topic all day. So where shoot. I think I think there's going to be big problems here because let's say for example if they change the rules where they say, well, the listing realtor, he gets paid a commission, whatever he agrees to with the seller, and then the buying commission, because that's, I think, where they want to take it. The buying realtor has to pay the buying realtor out of pocket. 
The problem that's going to happen with that is the same thing that happens right now on the listing side. So as an example, there are what you call discount realtors that will mm -hmm. list your property for a very, very low fee. What happens in those cases, in the majority of those cases, there's no marketing because obviously since they're not making as much money, they're not going to be investing into your property. Usually that person doesn't have the most experience. And thirdly, usually they don't care because they're in the volume business. They're mm -hmm. not looking to do the best transaction every single time. Now what happens on the other end, now this person's going to be buying a property. What is the realtor going to be offering that particular buyer? Are they really going to give them proper customer service? Are they really going to care now that they're going to be getting paid much, much less because the same thing that happens on the selling side is going to happen on the buying side where the buyer, since they got to pay for it now, they're going to be negotiating their commission with the buying realtor. So I personally think it's going to be a complete disaster. Now, do I think that there might need to be some type of adjustment in commissions? I do, because realistically speaking, 5% has been the standard now for many, many years. And obviously when there were properties at the majority, let's say we're 800, 900,000, now you have properties that are, the average is a lot higher than that. Obviously this now means that realtors are getting paid a lot more commissions. So for example, areas like Hamilton or mm -hmm. Niagara, the standard is actually 4%, which means that each realtor is getting 2%. And obviously when you're talking thousands of dollars, it's a, it's a big difference, right? No. And I agree with I think, I think as I said, 5% was always the standard where we're talking to clients. It's like, that's sort of your starting point when we're doing our calculations on the buy and sell, you're trying to figure out how much net proceeds are going to come out with. But obviously that conversation is, you know, up in the air with the relationship, what they're willing to do. But you brought up a really good point in this whole conversation is the ethic that you're going to get when you're hiring someone for that price. I, I'm a firm believer. You get what you pay for. Absolutely. And I believe in this market more than ever. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but now you're going to show your, you know, your shine's going to come out. Yes. You're, if you're a seasoned vet in the industry, you know exactly how to do a market of property. You're going to be able to still do well in this downturn, potentially of a market, because not only are you putting the right work into it, but you're marketing the property property. And I know what you're talking about with discount, um, people out there and we can, I don't, we don't want to get into names, uh, but <laughs> Obviously, I've I've you I've sure heard you don't want to get into names. I'm I'm pretty I'm, pr I'm pretty sure because uh, you know I don't know if we want to get sued or anything like that. I'm busting your chops. No, you know, funny thing is, yes. you want to hear a funny story? Uh, one of the major OGs in our industry um, uh, was basically you know shooting down one of this uh, these individuals in our industry as well. So one of these mortgage brokerages that were doing business, but they were jewelry. I'm not going to say any names. Most of us can probably put those two together. <laughs> anyway, he shit talked the shit out of this guy. And literally he got a cease and desist letter, like basically being sued for the defamation. So I'm like, I don't want that stuff on my book. But yes, there's discount people out there. I know a lot of people that come and say, oh, I'm going to hire someone. And I'm like, are you sure about, you know, are you sure about sure. that? You know, are you sure? And literally then they come back and say, well, my, my neighbor sold and this and that. And I'm looking and I'm like, I don't even know your property was listed. Like you, and then you look at their signs. You drive by. It's like, uh, you know, how the, old is that? You know that? what the problem is, Anthony, is that people do not value real estate agents, mortgage brokers. They don't value us. There's so many of us. The bar is so low to get into the industry that you have a lot of people that are just fly by night people. But I have a video coming out next week, um, and I'm gonna kind of share a little bit of the video and. It talks about how right now there's 97,000 realtors, but for everybody at home that doesn't know this, out of all those 97,000, 
5% is the ones who are doing 95% of the business. So if this business was so easy, why are all 97,000 not doing well? Why is it only a very small percentage that are actually transacting? Because it's an extremely difficult business. It goes. It's always been that that rule where, 20, like you know, either ten percent of the business is done by you know ninety percent of the business is done by ten percent of the individual. Even in our industry, it's no different. Everybody thinks that they can come in and they always see the you know the the end result, right? Oh, look how well, look what he's done. But they don't understand what goes in, what sacrifices have been made to get to that point. How you you constantly are trying to evolve your business. Your your business is your baby. And I know, and I said, watch your videos. I, I understand. I said the truth. It's very important to be truthful to people. It's very important to be ethical and explain to people the reality of the situation because most people don't know. And I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine. And I said, I don't know how some of these people in our industry, you said the barrier to entry is dirt cheap. If you think it's bad for the real estate industry, the mortgages are even worse. It's like you can literally go to a weekend course and the, come out on the Monday and you can write a mortgage. With no experience, I took two years to learn from my mother how to properly, and I came from the banking background to do this actual job. And it's insane how somebody's going to put that trust in someone. And you know what my buddy said to me? He goes, if that person just says certain keywords or catchphrases, you know, and they know 1% more than the person that they're talking to, they're considered they're okay. They're okay. See, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the good mortgage brokers because what the public doesn't realize is that what mortgage brokers mainly do is all behind the scenes. So you know, being a mortgage broker, that if you were a scumbag, you can screw over a lot of people. And the only way that people are going to realize is down the line when they need to sell their property or at the time of Closing. closing the property where they're there in front of the lawyer about to sign and you're closing in a day or two and you have no choice but to sign on that dotted line. So I always tell people, listen, a real estate agent is really important having somebody great on your side, but a mortgage broker is even more so important because they're the ones who can ruin you. And at the end of the day, they're getting you the money without them. You cannot complete the transaction. It's true. The financing is part, and I really appreciate the plug, and, and I do I, I do agree with you 100%. We've always been nothing. We've never had issues, knock on wood, uh, where clients have been bamboozled. We almost overdo it to some regard. It's like, they're like, okay, 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 and we trust you. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And I'm like, no, it's very important that you understand what you're signing, what you're agreeing to, so that when you get to the lawyer's office, it's, it's all explained to you. Because even the smallest thing about registration of title, how joint ownership, uh, tenants in common... All that stuff is, is for a lot of people, they don't know this stuff. They're, they're going through that journey for the first time. And the problem is, is the financial literacy journey, which we can touch yes. on. But I really, I really agree with you on the sense of why the team, it's, it's not only the realtor, the mortgage broker, it's the lawyer. It's associating yourself with the proper network. See, it's even, it's even the self-employed side of the transaction. And that's kind of like where, where I feel that a great mortgage broker is going to make the difference. Like in a perfect world, if a transaction is perfect and everything is smooth, you can plug in any realtor, any mortgage broker, and they should be able to do a decent job. Some obviously are going to do a better job than others, but it's all, I, I always kind of compare it to like, let's say you're going to have surgery. Do you want a okay doctor or you want a great doctor? Cause on the outside, me and you look the same. As soon as you cut us open, we may look different. You know what I mean? And the great doctor is going to save your life. And the other one, you're, it's a 50, 50, right? I don't like taking 50, 50 chances ever. No. So that's why I want to always make sure that I have somebody great. And even with the self-employed area, like 
nothing is standard. Nothing is standard. That's why I truly believe that having a great mortgage broker is fundamental if you're buying a property. And from your experience with when you're working with mortgage brokers and and such, I think the communication is vital, especially when it comes to like not as you as you mentioned, if it's a simple deal, huge income, large down payment, plug and play, drop Easy. and drop and go. But when you have a client that comes and they're like, okay, they're on that borderline. If the maintenance fees on their condo are just this much, or the property tax, and it they're buying insured, it is so insanely delicate. On, on putting in those offers, adding that condition. It's like the little details matter. It, it, people don't understand, well, but it's only $50 more. I'm like, yeah, but when your ratio is already at tipping point, yeah. that 50 bucks, that $100, it's the world of a difference, especially if you're not, if you're limping in with the least amount of money. The communication, like you said, is key. Like, for example, a mortgage broker, they'll say, well, the client is approved for this much and this much, but something like taxes or maintenance, something like, like, let's say the mortgage broker said you're approved for this much amount of money based on $5,000 a year in taxes. And for whatever reason, if the taxes are 5,600, sometimes people, they think it's okay. Oh, it's only an extra $600. Yeah. But if you're on the cusp, it throws the ratios all off and then you're not getting approved now. So we've had clients that we've told them, this is your max. And then they come back and say, well, we just bought for this amount. Then I'm like, okay, great. You became a mortgage broker today. Right? Like, how do you just make this decision then you have the opposite and where they're like they're almost like i need to know if i can do this right and that's the difference is most people always ask you the difference is what's the difference with a and i don't know it's not this episode's not about me but we're talking about brokers we're talking about the guy that <laughs> is available on the saturday and yes. the sunday when my client says i'm putting in an offer this weekend and i'm like okay when are you putting the offer when can i make myself available please let me know like you know be on standby because I'll bring my laptop with me if I know the client's putting in an offer so that if there's a certain nuance that changes in that offer, if they have to come up 10 grand or... You can come, let them know on the spot. I can say, look, my ratios are still good. Or I'll say, look, you guys are good up to this point. This is your threshold, X, Y, Z. In this market, I think, as I said, the, the idea is, is that you have to want to earn the business. And I think, and you've touched upon this, is... As the industry changes, we were so used to high volumes, high profits, high revenues to an economy that's slowing down. Are people adapting to it? Or are we just changing? I think they're adapting by force. They have no choice, right? Um, before we kind of jump into this topic, um, everything that we just talked about in the last five minutes, it's terrible that it's very boring, but it's so important, but nobody wants to understand it. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear it. Like it's not sexy. So they, it, they just sweep it under the rug, right? But it's so important and it just doesn't get talked about. But um, getting back to what you were saying, last year, as you know, a lot of people were still paying these cheap, rate, uh, cheap rates. 2023 came around. A lot of people now had to refinance. I read a stat uh, a couple of days ago saying how many mortgages, like I think it was like... Uh, I'd be lying if I said I remembered. I, I, I screenshotted it on my phone, but it was like a ridiculous amount of money that, that was coming up for renewals in 2024. We're talking in the, the yes. So if you follow the construction industry, which in my opinion, construction is extremely important in Canada. 100%. Um, if you talk to anybody in every aspect of, in every facet of construction, they'll tell you that 2023 has been a very, very slow year. Why? Because a lot of those people have had to refinance now. You refinance, meaning you're paying a lot more money now on a monthly basis. You have a lot more disposable income. A lot of people have had no choice but to tighten their belts. That's only going to get worse in 2024. That's the reality. 100%. If there's a real estate agent who's not telling you that information, they're full of shit. 
It's going to get difficult. If you're a seller, unfortunately, whatever you can get today, there's a very high likelihood that next year you're not going to be getting the same amount of money unless something miraculously happens. Because as you know, COVID is a perfect example. All of a sudden, market starts tanking. What do they do? Drop rates like crazy. Market starts skyrocketing. So anything can happen. But if things kind of continue the way that they are now, it does not look positive. So basically, when we're, we're looking at the renewals, we've been a big advocate for this. I've been doing a lot of them on our, on our personal YouTube channel for Finance Fridays. Shameless plug. Um, basically, we're talking about that discretionary spending. We're talking about these mortgages, this reset of mortgages, and how many Canadians are going to be feeling the pressure. A lot of them who have fixed rate mortgages are not thinking about that. Um, and that is, the, the biggest thing is obviously the variable rate mortgages. We all know anybody with a variable rate, adjustable or static payment, they're going to feel it or they've already felt it. But these fixed rate mortgages, as they start to renew into significantly higher rates, it's going to be a real, I don't want to say shit show, but for some who have larger mortgages, it's going to be challenging. Challenging. I talk to a lot of clients, it, the spreads in between. It's a really mixed bag of emotions for a lot of clients because if you have a small mortgage to $300,000, it's like, yeah, you start running the numbers at 7%. It's like, okay, it's going to be about 400 bucks. They're like, oh, okay, that's not too bad, right? Like if they have a small mortgage. But then you start getting into some people who uh, have larger mortgages and that's like 1800 That's like two, like almost $1,500, $2,000 more that they could be paying in, in, in interest. And it's how long can they hold on for? Here's the, here's, here's the thing, and just to end off on that point, I've talked to a lot of people where they come to me and they say, Anth, I'm in this situation, I need help. Uh, my realtor's telling me to sell, and I'm like, okay, no problem, let's do the math. Refinance, sell, where are you going to go? If you refinance, this is your payment, this is what you're looking at, plus utilities, so on and so forth. Talk to your realtor. Find out what a rent will cost you for your, your you need a four-bedroom house. You got yourself and three kids. Where are you going to go? Anthony, it's crazy. Uh, I know we have to wrap up this point, but um, I have 10 upcoming listings coming up in the next month. So not my team, my personal 10 listings. Out of those 10 sales, only three of those people are buying something again. So those other seven people, they're either relocating to a new country moving in with family or directly going to rent. So if that's not a sign, people are not having a good time right now. We'll continue this. Uh, Mario, where can they find you on social media? Armani Sells on Instagram, armanisells.ca, best place to find me. Awesome. And you can find us on our, our website at intouchmortgagesolutions.com, our social media at Intouch Mortgages and YouTube. But we'll, uh, we're not going to let anybody go anywhere yet. We'll be back in just a few with Mario. So stay tuned. We'll see you on the next episode.